thankful to be able to have this opportunity to preach to you again today. And I am finishing, finishing up the sermon series on Hebrews that we started at the beginning of the summer. This summer has been a roller coaster ride for us in very many ways. We have been all uh, meeting together uh, to try to, hopefully, that we would actually gotten to today that we would have been fully open, that everybody, anybody who wanted to come back together, we, we would be able to be here. But uh, God has other plans. Uh, this pandemic is a little bit, is hitting another rise. Uh, this D variant is taking a toll. So we've taken a step back. Uh, there are those of you who are here worshiping. Uh, there are those of you who are still back home uh, worshiping with us. And indeed, Lord, that, I hope that and pray that the Lord continues to uh, still unite us together during this time, during this worship every Sunday, and unite us together in, this, in the Word, that everything that we're learning will be able to be applied uh, when we get back together again. And this, this whole sermon series in Hebrews has been getting us prepared that we would rethink through everything uh, in our lives to, to about what it means for us to be a church and be together again. Now, we finish in Hebrews with this big, big uh, verse, a memory verse that should be one for all of us, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, there was a time this Hebrews uh, congregation was a happy congregation. It was a growing congregation. It was a sharing and loving community. But they hit hard times. They became troubled because of persecution. Some people died. And many were actually turning away from their faith in Jesus Christ. And in chapter 13, this last proclamation of our Lord, about our Lord Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And basically what it's saying here to us is that no matter how bad the circumstances are, no matter how much persecution we, we go through, no matter how much tri trials and tribulation we have to be going through and be tested by in our families, with our workplace, that we're tested by disease or even death, that Jesus Christ remains eternally faithful to you and me. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. What actually needs to change is our faith. And that's what this letter to the Hebrews has been about. Jesus Christ is better. Yesterday, today, and forever. Always will be better than anything you will come across. But then in verses, uh, chapter 11 and verse, uh, in chapter 12, we have this sense of what needs to change is for us to rethink about our faith, is to grow in our understanding about how Christ works in our lives in this ever-changing circumstances in our lives. What needs to be strengthened is our commitment to trust Jesus Christ the same yesterday today, and forever. And so what does that mean for us? What does it mean for us to, to grow in this faith? What is it going to take? And the pastor of the Hebrews finishes up in this, in, this, in this letter 
by challenging them. If you want to grow in your faith, you need to be a learner. You need to be a learner. The church needs to be a learning organization. It needs to be at the forefront of our goals that we will learn and grow in Jesus Christ. Now, uh, when I was a young pastor, uh, one of the church members said, Pastor Dick, if you are going to learn and grow in ministry, I suggest this. Every year, you need to read a new book on business, okay? He actually told me, you have to read a new book on business. Not, he goes, you read too many commentaries, you read too many other those kind of things, but you need to understand what's going on in business. And so, so uh, I took that challenge, and for a, a few years, I was, every year, I would read a new business book. And this is actually one of the books I read, was a, and, and it was one that I find actually really helpful and actually really important for us today, is this. It's called The Fifth Discipline by Peter Sange. It's an older book, uh, but one of the things about the, is this. Uh, he starts out with this illustration. He talks about uh, it, success in corporations in the United States is, is measured by this thing called the Fortune 500. The top countries, the top companies in, in, our, in our nation are called the Fortune 500. These are the best of the best companies that are out there. Everybody wants to be these companies. But what we discovered is this. What they, what they discovered is this. They did a study on these, these, these businesses, and they looked at the businesses that were in 19, uh, uh, that were the top 500 in 1970, but they looked at them 10 years later in 1980, and what they discovered was actually very shocking, is that out of that Fortune 500 companies in 1970, that 10 years later, just 10 years later, that actually one-third of those companies were gone. Not, they weren't just out of the top 500. They, they were just gone. They were no longer companies. They were bankrupt, gone. And so the question is it's this. These were supposed to be the best of the best, the very top companies. What happened that one-third of them would be not in existence merely 10 years later. And so uh, what Sange does, he points out this. The difference is this. Those two-thirds companies that still survived were learning organizations. The employees were constantly encouraged to discover, rediscover ways of improvement, uh, to fine-tune things in their workplace, maybe even at times to overhaul that place completely. The key to survive, to thrive, is to be a learner. Learning organizations. Now, this is actually nothing new to the church. We have always been encouraging, uh, been a learning community. And so, uh, a quick scriptural survey uh, along those lines. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses uh, 12 and 13. Assemble the people, men, women, children, and the aliens that live in your town so that you can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully the, the words of the law. 
Their children who do not know the law must hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, it goes, Paul writes, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. It is a matter of spiritual survival. It's a matter of spiritual survival to be a learning community that each and every one of us commits to to be spiritual learners, learners of the word, learners of the truth, learners of the gospel. So the pastor of the Hebrews knew that. That's why this is his concluding statement to his congregation. And he has three commandments in this, in this final, final uh, verses and final, 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 final passage. In verse 7, he, it reads, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Then the next commandment in verse 9 goes, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. And then in verse 17, it goes, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. And the common thread that ties these three commands together is this encouragement for each and every one of us to lay claim to the title of learner. I, the learner, must be resourceful. Second point, I, the learner, must be responsible. And lastly, the I, the learner, must be respectful. That first point, be resourceful. Now, there are many passages in Scripture which, are, which help Christian leaders. But, and to tell everybody what, they, what he or she should be like. But here is a passage for us all as followers. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And here's the encouragement for us as Christians, is for each of us is to be spiritually resourceful, to know how to get spiritual feeding. And the resources that, are being, uh, are, are, that we're being pointed out for us are actually our own leaders, the leaders in every spiritual community. Now, the Apostle Paul told the Philippians uh, to put into practice what they have learned through observing him. And I want to read that verse again. Uh, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. They were to imitate the leader that they were given, the Apostle Paul. And in turn, they were supposed to be models to other believers in Philippi. Now, some of you may have a good question. Have a good question. This is, is, how can we know our leaders are proper models to imitate? How do we know that man or woman is one person that we actually should follow? Well, that's exactly why you as leaders, you as followers, or you as a learner need to be resourceful. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Uh, we have to be sure that the person we follow 
is following Jesus Christ, just as even as the Apostle Paul uh, was, was doing for those who were in Corinth. He says, follow my example as I, what? Follow the example of Christ. And that's the secret of Christian leadership. Real leaders are the faithful ones who practice following Jesus. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We don't compare uh, uh, one leader's ministry with another leader's ministry. We do not compare uh, uh, a a pastor of another church with a pastor of this church or anywhere like that. But rather, ultimately, every leader, be it a pastor, be it a small group leader, or be it a a fellowship leader, that in all those, those, those people is how do they measure up? to the eternal, to Jesus Christ. Not only are we supposed to be resourceful, we are called to, to be learners, that one of the things as learners is that we need to be responsible. Be responsible for what we learn. Okay? Are you a learner? Then we need to know that those things that we are shared, those things that we learn, those things that we have read in Scripture, actually becomes part of our lives. And, and this is why in verse 9 it says, do not be led away by diverse or strange teachings. And what the pastor to the Hebrews is telling his flock, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. Don't be swept off course by all sort of, of outlandish, newish teaching. Learners show a responsibility towards learning when they understand the full implications of what they're taught. Now, uh, one of the things that the Hebrews were taught, and also what we teach here at FBC, CC, is this idea, this, this real core understanding of salvation, that you are saved by grace through faith. Now, what that means is, is that salvation through Jesus Christ is all upon God's initiative and sacrifice. There's actually nothing we do to actually save ourselves, okay? You've heard this before, right? And, it, in the, and as this is the case, it wasn't responsible and it didn't make sense for the Hebrews to, to use ceremonial foods because what people eat and drink has nothing to do with spiritual strength. And that's what we read here in verse 9. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by, what? Grace, not by foods, which had not benefited those who, who have devoted themselves to it. So here, there's a specific illustration that was for the Hebrews, talking about understanding grace to not go back to the old ways, the sacrifice of, of, at the temple, the giving of foods and everything there but that ultimately that in Jesus Christ is to grow by grace. Uh, that that we, this is actually what we have learned and understood. And for us, the picture is this. Understand the implications of what you have been taught. Now, to continue on to this illustration, he's actually telling us this. Uh, Okay, so the the Hebrews were saying, like, wait, but we read scripture too. 
We've actually read what it says. We read in the Old Testament those sacrifices, those, uh, the, those sacrifices that the priests made, that they would actually kill an animal, put it on the altar, and, and at that point in time, their bodies were sacrificed to be able to set us free. Uh, they were sin offerings that we had given. So why don't we do that? The pastor to the Hebrews. Yes, that's the case. But you need to interpret Scripture correctly for your present needs. See, don't get caught up with, with what, what is written there needs to be interpreted and understood. And so the pastor to the Hebrews is saying to his flock, he says, wait a minute, keep your heads. Try to apply what you learned in your present situation. You see, um, don't you remember what you learned about Jesus' crucifixion? Don't you know that this is exactly what happened to Jesus? For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into holy places by the high priest's sacrifice for sins are burnt outside the camp. So, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people by his blood. Let us then go outside the camp bearing the disgrace he, bought, he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And the point the pastor of the Hebrews was making is this. Be responsible for what you've learned by interpreting it for your present situation. You are being persecuted just as Jesus was crucified. And as he was actually brought out from the city of Jerusalem, expelled from there, you too are being expelled from your community. Don't hold on to that. But step outside of it. Follow Jesus. The learner here is encouraged to res be responsible for what he learns. And lastly, this idea about being responsible. The learner shows responsibility for what he or she lear has learned by actually living out the faith. So here in verse 15 and 16. It really is, this is the application. And so in verse 16, you can actually see here the application of stepping away, stepping out of the old ways of the Old Testament and the new way that we have discovered in Jesus Christ. By grace, we have been saved through faith. That now, what is in our lives and what is available for us, that we can do good. We can share what we have for these are the sacrifices. This is the new sacrifices that we have in Jesus Christ to do good, to share. And this is what is actually pleasing to God. Live out your faith. We, every Sunday, uh, every Bible study that you have had in a small group or a Sunday school class, we always finish with an application. Uh, this idea of application is, is that how do you live out your life, okay? And what we need to understand for us to be learners is not just what you and I learn on Sunday morning, but it's how you and I also live Monday through Saturday. That's what makes us a responsible learner.
We have to be responsible. We also need to be respectful. Respectful. In verse 17, it goes, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with groaning, for that would not be an advantage to you. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Now, the word obedience um, or obey can be defined in many different ways. And for that matter, for you and I, that word obey or the word obedience is also colored in very different ways because of our life experiences. Perhaps we've had good leaders uh, in our lives, those who loved us and cared for us, really are concerned for what we have. So that when, when we use that word obey in that context, no problem. But perhaps some of us had had bad experiences with leaders. Uh, uh, or even in our, in our own homes, Christian homes, uh, we may not have taken very well how our parents, uh, when they use the word obey or obedience. So I want us for all to take a step back from that for a second and understand there's, there's a different context here when we talk about obedience, a different understanding of what obedience really should be. See, uh, in the church, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. Jesus actually once said this, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, you have to be the servant of all. Okay, so that's one thing that we need to build into this understanding of obedience. And he illustrated this, this concept, uh, by actually he, the Messiah, the Lord, actually washed his disciples' feet before the Last Supper. What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples is this. Uh, what we have as the church, what we have for those of us who follow Jesus is a unique type of leadership. The term that we often use is called servant leadership. These people who are leading you are actually serving you, okay? And so um, a, another way of outside of the church that we can think about what servant leadership is, and this, I, I often feel that this, this is the case, is your family doctor, your doctor, I believe that they have a very much of a servant leadership format. How's that work? You go to your doctor, as I have, uh, have had to do, and the doctor says, oh, Dick, doesn't look good. Your cholesterol is really, really high. I'm going to have to put you on a diet. You're going to have to start eating oats. Not just any type of oats. No instant oats. Oh, no rolled oats. Has to be that steel-cut version of oats, okay? You have to eat this. Try to eat this all the time, okay? So I go, wow, that's a lot. So, and I tried, now I'm kind of a little bit of a people pleaser. So when the doctor asked me to do this, I actually started, started doing this. Bought this steel-cut oats and tried to eat this. Eat it for breakfast, 
uh, I'll put like some jam in it or something like that. And then for lunch, I know this is going to sound gross, but um, I put sardines in it. Okay, I try to eat it that way. And then for dinner, uh, I try to, whatever we were having for dinner, I'll throw it in there. Okay, and then, then it will be my replacement for rice or, or whatever, pasta or something like that. I'll eat it with oatmeal. Okay. This was great for about two days. And then after that, it became like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. And then it became like, oh, maybe just once a, once a day I'll do this or something like that. And then after a while, it just becomes like, you know something? This stuff tastes terrible, and it gets stuck in between your teeth, right? It's gross, okay? And so, so I go back to the, a year later, I go back to the, the doctor, and, uh, and she actually tells me, goes like, oh, your cholesterol, even worse now. Okay, like, it's like, and then she'll ask me, have you been eating oats? And I have to be very honest with her, go, no, I haven't been eating oats. Yeah, so sorry. But, but at that point in time, my doctor doesn't put me in prison, okay? Doesn't say to me, you know, if you don't, if you, you stop eating oats again, I'm not going to be your doctor. She doesn't say anything along the lines of, I'm going to, I'm going to put your picture on every restaurant in, in uh, Missouri City and Sugarland. So when they see your face, they're going to have to serve you oats. Uh, or I'm going to, or worse yet, I'm going to tell your wife, okay, Carolyn will make you eat oats. No, it wasn't, my doctor doesn't have, uh, is a leader, but she doesn't dictate. She's not a, it's not a dictatorship. Uh, it is not, she's not responsible for enforcing it with me. She encourages me. She tells me what's right or wrong. She can be very demanding and actually very strong with me in that way. But ultimately, she's serving me. She's trying to help me understand what my needs are to have a healthy life. And in the same way, that's the concept here that we actually have in church. We have servant leadership. Uh, we can't force you to do anything. You volunteer to be here, okay? You come here. Uh, but we can still be very strong. Uh, we can, it may sound like you have to do it or else, but that's not really the case. Ultimately, if we want to have something great here, we have to learn how to be the servant of all. Now, I'm sure that each and every one of us in our lives, we had a leader who had actually come down very hard on us. Uh, we've had somebody who, who told us to obey them or else. Now, this is not what the, the way the church is. Uh, I don't feel like for myself that as Christian leaders, we don't want members to sit back uh, don't ask any questions. Uh, the church is a learning community. And that means church leaders are also learners too. And so in part, actually obeying church leaders, uh, that means actually helping them to learn leadership even as they lead and teach you. So learning leaders uh, know that they're not perfect, know that they're very capable of mistakes, 
and readily admit it. So learning leaders are actually open to dialogue and feedback. And I'll tell you, I feel like sometimes the biggest enemy of, of me, of my ministry, or of being a pastor is actually myself. Uh, and this is a problem. I don't know what I don't know. Do you get that? You understand the problem there? We're supposed to be learners, right? But I don't know what I don't know. I don't know I will remain not knowing until you let me know. Okay? I need to be taught. Plain and simple. Okay? It's true for me. It's true for all of us. It's true for you, too. You don't know what you don't know. And so I have to tell you. Now, here's a particular situation. What if you're just really convinced that the, what the leader is actually saying is just obviously wrong? How do you obey him or her in that situation? It's hard. But this is what it's like in a learning community. We have to keep two things in mind. You are a learner, okay? So that means that you may not know everything. Uh, but the second, and this is the most important thing that you and I need to know. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want you to understand the implication here. If Christ is eternal, then he is eternally the head of the church. And so God, in his good and perfect will, will bring about his good and perfect purpose, sometimes through leaders, sometimes in spite of leaders, but in the church, Christ will always, always be glorified. So in this learning community, we are called to obey our, uh, so, so in obeying our leaders is respecting them because they have to give account to God eventually. Each one of us, each one of us in the pastoral staff knows this, that ultimately one day we're going to stand before God and give account for our words and our actions. But for now, I like to think of it this way. For right now, I'm also accountable to you because I'm your servant leader. Whatever you desire or or, or things that you want to let me know, or things we need to change, or all those kind of things, or if I said something wrong or I did something stupid, that you would let me know. You know, the thing about it is this. The ultimate greatest joy in Christian leadership is not about being right, okay? It's not about being in, po in power. It's not about the authority, okay? My, my first job at, at a church, the first time uh, when I sat down, I became a, a, a paid staff at a church. That very day, it was, I, I remember it very distinctly because it was, during v, it was actually during VBS. And, uh, and the first thing uh, that happened was one of the teachers from VBS came down to my office and says, Pastor Dick, you have to come upstairs. And I go, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, something very serious, like maybe a kid is having struggling with their faith, uh, want me to try to share Christ with them, or uh, they just needed some help in teaching a lesson or something like that. 
Uh, so so she, she, she brought me upstairs, just kind of like ran, 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 ran upstairs. And instead of taking me to a classroom, she took me to the boys' bathroom. And when she opened the door, you can see like there, the, everything was flooded all over the place because one of these little monkeys decided that they're gonna actually, they actually took one of the roll of toilet papers and actually shoved it into the toilet, okay? And then uh, it was an absolute mess because like, Pastor Dick, we can't continue on today until you clean this up, okay? And so the ultimate thing for us and what I learned on that day is it's not about power. It's not about authority. But is this, that ultimately for, for us, and the greatest joy for us is, not, is actually this, is actually in learning. And the greatest joy for us is actually seeing others learn. That's what it's all about. That's what being in a learning community is about. That you and I find that incredible joy of teaching or training or leading somebody into a deeper understanding of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And if you have been struggling in this church, not really finding your place, not really getting the sense of this joy that's there, I tell you, maybe it's this. Did you not know that this is a learning community? That we're committed to learning more about Jesus Christ. Donald, the last thing I want to say is this. To grow uh, as a learner, we're also wanting to grow uh, in, uh, in prayer. Ultimately, uh, the greatest joy that we have is actually in learning, but the other thing is really just praying. Uh, I, Carolyn knows, I screw up all the time at home. Uh, I've messed up here, you know that. Um, but I think what really helps me is just to know that my wife is praying for me. And what really helps me and helps us all through the, the different di situations that we go through together as a church is when we're praying for each other. And, and so part of being a learning community is actually praying for each other that they, they can actually grow in knowledge uh, uh, to have a clear conscience and actually doing the right things in all things. And so uh, this is what we want to be able to, to have. To be respectful is to not just obey, but to also pray. Pray for those who are your leaders. Pray for your small group leaders. Pray for your Sunday school class leaders. Uh, I hope soon we will have a WANA again, and then we want to encourage our children to even pray for our WANA leaders too, right? Now, let me conclude. So, the bottom line is this. We have to grow as a learner. But part of this growing as a learner means that we need to know that we are making a commitment to Jesus Christ. Okay, we're making a commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, I found this quote. Uh, this quote is from uh, Rowan Williams. He's the former Archbishop of Canterbury. And uh, this is, a, this is a, a quote that he actually said. But now, uh, to put in context, his quote here is about marriage, okay, between a man and a wife, okay? Now, I feel comfortable using this quote 
because last week we talked about how that relationship that God has intended uh, as what he showed is that that relationship between a man and a woman in marriage is ultimately a picture of the church's relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We talked about that last week. So with that in mind, this quote that Rowan Williams uses for marriage can also be used in our relationship with Jesus. So what we're saying is that when we're committing to Jesus Christ, when we declare that we are, we are Christians, when we let other people that we have a faith in following after Jesus Christ, this is what you're saying. I'm prepared not only to spend the rest of my life with you, Jesus Christ, but to spend the rest of my life finding out about you. There's always going to be more of you to discover. You're a Christian. You, you committed to Jesus Christ. You are saying, I am prepared not only to spend the rest of my life with Jesus Christ, but to spend the rest of my life finding more about Jesus Christ. There's always going to be, be more of Jesus to discover. This is our commitment to being a learning community. This is our commitment to be, to be learners, to, to grow in Christ. And so, as we grow as learners, I want us to, to think about this. These are kind of suggestions or things, uh, applications for us to think about even for this week. Explore, first thing I want you to do is explore Christian resources this week. You know, in this day, this day and age is the best time to be a learner as a Christian. There are so many resources out there, okay? Uh, there are videos to watch. There are podcasts to listen to. There are books to be read. And they come, and uh, for those of you who like the touch and feel and smell of books, they're available still in that, that format. But they're also in the e-format, too, if you just like to be hip and cool, okay? So you actually have all these things before. There's not a better time to be a learner in Jesus Christ, However, in that same way, as easy it is for this, there has always been a lack of responsibility that we have taken for learning. Lack of responsibility in the sense that you and I may have read something, learned something, heard something, and it's good for a Sunday, but it's not good for Monday through Saturday. What do we need to do to change that? We need to be responsible for what we learn. Howard Hendricks, who was of the uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, wrote this. He goes, for us to be responsible, this is what we need to do. We need to ask ourselves this, these hard questions. How have you changed? How has studying, learning, reading, hearing, how has this changed? How has this changed you? Lately? In the last week, let's say, or the last month, the last year, can you be specific? You see, we really are learning when we're being transformed into Christ's likeness. And this doesn't happen all at once. It happens over a lifetime, but you need to commit to this. So are you changing? Well, great. You must be a learner. Now, 
Responsible learners change themselves, but responsible learners also are thinking about even changing the world. That they know that when, we, when each of us changes, we actually change our community, change those around us. And so this is important because it's not just about us learning, but this world needs to know that things can change and that God can make a difference in our lives. You know, in the past, Christians were asked to explain world wars. Today, we have to try to explain terrorism. And we need to encourage the, the people in this world that there still is a Prince of Peace. And we live in this age of science and technology, and we can go all the way to, to, the, to, the, to Mars and back, or, or, and we understand the subatomic world and, and quarks and, and, and all those kind of things. But, you know, still, we can go everywhere, but people are still ignorant of heaven and how to get there. It's up to us to be able to lead and to guide and to teach. In this world today, where there are broken homes, domestic violence, what does it mean to be a family of God? If we are responsible, if we are responsible learners, we become teachers. Teachers to our friends, our family, our coworkers, so that they may see the world in a new light in the light of this Jesus Christ, who is better than anything out there for them to be able to grow in this world. Uh, today is a very special day. Well, for me, anyways. Uh, today is uh, August the 15th. August the 15th is, my, uh, is the day that uh, 14 years ago I started as a pastor of Fort Bend Community Church, okay? August the 15th, okay, that's, that's my start date. So 14 years ago. 14 years ago, uh, Carolyn, Stewart, Ethan, and I moved from, from Cary, North Carolina, and drove down here and showed up here uh, and, and was able to do ministry starting August the 15th here. Now, um, we were very apprehensive reason why was that I actually was out of ministry for three years. I was out of ministry for three years because of this. I was burnt out. Uh, in a certain, certain way, I felt like I was betrayed. Uh, I was actually being hurt by those who were leaders in this church, in a church that I was attending. And I really had no intention of going back into ministry. I was perfectly happy about what I was actually doing in North Carolina. But then, the Lord kept on calling. The Lord kept on, on this Holy Spirit was really nagging at me. And I really had to, to recognize I needed to be back in ministry. And this opportun uh, opportunity arose here. But as I was deciding to come down here, one of the things that I, was, was a non-negotiable, that what I really wanted to have experience in in this new, if I'm going to come to this church, come to Fort Bend Community Church, that the experience here needed to be a little bit different from what I have had in all these other churches that I've been in. What I needed was a senior pastor who cared not about the ministry that I did, but he cared that I was growing, 
in Christ. I have here uh, a letter that I've uh, kind of, that I actually have uh, that's up in my office. Okay, it's actually there to remind me. And this is actually a letter from Pastor Brian. That first week I was here, he actually took Carolyn and I out to dinner. And, uh, and I won't read the whole thing. I, I, uh, the, the context of it was very deep and very profound, but I was just going to read a little bit about what he wrote. He goes like this. Dick and Carolyn, ministry is a call and a privilege. I thank God every day for the opportunity to serve at his church at FBCC. But ministry is also a challenge. The greatest challenge is me, the minister from, from, from the within, there are issues of pride, of lust, of power, and of money. All of these are ministry killers that dwell within our flesh. And so, as your pastor, as your ministry leader, I give you my words that I will be honest and accountable to my wife in the area of purity, I pray to God that I will not lay an eye on another woman. Two, I will run away from inappropriate relationships that come my way. Three, I will do my best to learn and to grow every day in my personal walk with God. Four, I will do my best to encourage you and to hold you accountable in your spiritual growth. Doing anything least is a disservice to you and to the church. Fourteen years ago, I got this from him. I've never regretted my decision to be here. As Pastor Brian has been somebody I have, as one of my spiritual resources to help me to grow and to be honest with me and, and, and that I can be honest with him and be transparent has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And in my part, uh, for you all, uh, I hope that I've been able to do that. For myself and for my family, for Carolyn, uh, definitely that we will be able to minister you in this very same way. I will do my best to learn and to grow every day in my personal walk with, with God. So, I think as we all are committed to this, this is what I hope for the future of Fort Bend Community Church. That we turn this, this ongoing thing about people that are leaving the church, that, that there's an exodus in the church. But the only way that is going to happen is that when leavers decide that they want to be learners, and that all of us will decide that we collectively together are a learning community here at the church. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, it's a big, serious calling before us. For many times we have put ourselves and come here and haven't recognized the importance of what we are doing here. We come for, with our families 
We come for friends. But we need to come to learn. So Lord God, transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. May our minds be open to all that you teach us, to challenge us. May we not be leavers, but let us be learners. Holy Spirit, help us grow. Transform us. Change us. Make us into learners. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.